text for today is from our Gospel, Luke chapter 16. Jesus said, The master commended the dishonest manager for his shrewdness. For the sons of this world are more shrewd in dealing with their own generation than the sons of light. In the name of Jesus, amen. What is the world to you? In the 1930s, an American industrial engineer by the name of Alan F. Morgenstern created what is known as the Work Simplification Program. In simple terms, his intent was to increase the ability of people to be more productive with less effort. Thus, Mr. Morgenstern is commonly credited with coining a phrase that I have used often in leadership and with our children. Work smarter, not harder. I'm not sure where I first heard or learned this phrase, but it's stuck with me throughout my life this far. And as a child, I also recall watching Saturday morning cartoons on our little 13-inch black and white TV, especially enjoying the antics of the nephews of Donald Duck, Huey, Dewey, and Louie. And their great uncle was none other than Scrooge McDuck, a rich, tight-fisted penny pincher who always told his nephews, work smarter than the smarties and tougher than the toughies. All in all, not bad advice, right? And how much of this advice have you applied to your life, your education, your work, your career, your vocations? Or how about just your schedules on a day-to-day basis? In our Gospel text for today, we hear of a steward, a manager. His job is to take care of all that he has been entrusted with by his master, to manage the accounts, to make sure that the business is, is operating at a profit, not a loss, to make sure as well that all the employees are taken care of. But he has failed. Turn in the account of your management, the master says, for you can no longer be manager. Why? He was wasting his master's possessions. He was not being a good steward of what his master had given him to manage. And he has a problem, and he readily admits it. He's not strong enough to dig, to do manual labor. He's ashamed, he's afraid to ask for help. Perhaps you can relate to one or both of those. But he's worried about his life here and now. What does the world mean to him? Well, he wants to continue his lifestyle as it's been. He wants to preserve his reputation, and so, by gosh and by golly, He's going to make friends for himself, not in low places, but in the highest of places he can. And so he continues his muddling ways of mismanaging his master's possessions. He calls those in that have a bill, and he quickly reduces it. Now, to be fair, that's completely within his right as manager. But just because he has the authority to do so does not make it a good thing. Jesus, to be fair, is not commending those 
who would mismanage the gifts that they have been given and have authority over. We hear the word shrewd in our gospel text for today because after the manager has done this completely for himself with no thought of of his master, only selfishly thinking of his own well-being, the master ironically commends him. Commends him for his shrewdness. The word shrewd, if you look it up in any of your dictionaries or online, is typically defined this way. Having or showing sharp powers of judgment. To be astute. And so the admonition placed before us today by Jesus is this. If you are so shrewd in dealing with all the things of this world, if you are so willing to expend so much time and effort on education, on work, on schedules, on mammon, the stuff of this world, your earthly life, how willing are you to be just as shrewd with regards to things spiritual? How much effort is placed into hearing God's word, into prayer, into receiving the Lord's Supper? And even more so, how shrewd are you? How much effort do you expend showing these sharp powers of judgment, being astute, working harder, not smarter? How shrewd are you with regards to your neighbor who needs your good deeds? Thus today's text, from the words of your Master, your Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, deals with identifying your sin and mine And the seventh commandment calls it for what it is. Do you remember it? You shall not steal. What does this mean? Say it with me. We should fear and love God so that we do not take our neighbor's money or possessions or get them in any dishonest way, but help him to improve and protect his possessions and income. Did you catch that last sentence? that often gets forgotten and ignored in Luther's explanation of the seventh commandment. That you and I, as children of the Most High God, as stewards of all that God has given us, are supposed to help who improve and protect their possessions and income? Your neighbor. You see, Jesus is not against you having stuff, having money, nor is he certainly against you being shrewd and wise in this world. He wants you to be a good steward of his gifts that he has given you. And a Christian looks around their house, looks around and see all that they have, and simply says, this is from God. Have you worked? Sure. But a Christian gives all credit to God for the gifts that he has given. Are you using all that you have been given for the good of your neighbor? Thus the question for today. Or are you being selfish in creating a false idol for yourself in this life? Furthermore, are only being shrewd with regards to the things of this life and and ignoring God's word? What is it to be shrewd? What is the world to you? And where do the things that God provides 
his heavenly, spiritual, sacramental gifts, what role do they play? You see, you have been called out of darkness into light. Our Paschal candle is lit today because we had a baptism yesterday and we'll have one after the late service today. The light of Christ has come into a sin-filled, dark world. The world in which you were born into. Thus all of us here are sons of this world. Which is why the disciples take issue with Jesus when he pointedly tells them, your father is the devil. In sin did our mothers conceive us. But Christ comes for you to bring light, to bring his righteousness, to clothe you and robe you with all that he is, to make you now a son of light. And sons of light are called to act differently, to be shrewd in different ways, not for themselves, but for their neighbor. Thus Jesus says, the sons of this world are more shrewd in dealing with their own generation than the sons of light. Jesus certainly wants you to be shrewd in this life and in this world, but he wants you to do so as a son of light. Last week we talked a little bit about perspective. We talked about all that we do, all that we say, in the sight of God. That we look at our life here through the lens of Holy Scripture, literally through the blood of Jesus Christ that has covered us over. And thus we have a different perspective. We trust the Lord will provide. We work hard. We certainly are diligent in all that we have been given and all that we are called to do. But Christ has come to release you from the sinful shrewdness, the idolatrous shrewdness that this world propagates. He's come to release you from that into which you were born, that you may be reborn as a child of God, and so you have been, so you are daily in the waters of holy baptism. Christ has come shedding his blood upon Golgotha's tree for the times that you acted only as sons of this world, giving nary a thought for your neighbor, selfishly gathering and hoarding all that you have just for yourself. Christ has come for you for the times you failed to worship, to pray, to receive the Lord's gifts, to trust that your very life is hidden in God with Christ Jesus and that he will preserve you body and soul unto life everlasting. Paul teaches us quite pointedly that he who did not spare his own son but delivered him up for us all, shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Perhaps you feel that you're lacking in things that you need. Perhaps times have been tough and difficult. But your faith clings to the Lord's promises that he will yet provide for you. Cast your eyes upon Christ. Think of these things in sight of he who has come for you. Of he who himself had nothing. Matthew tells us that foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests. Even they have stuff, but... The Son of Man had nowhere to lay his head. Jesus emptied himself, kept himself from all of that stuff of life to free you, to redeem you, that you may joyously enjoy all that he gives you, but that you may also use it for your neighbor. You see, when you are a child of God, you are wealthy. Did you know that? 
You might not describe yourself to your friends or your children or your grandchildren as wealthy, but in God's eyes, you are immensely wealthy. It doesn't matter how many things in this world you personally own or have in your possession. After all, what difference does it make when you know the one who owns it all? When you know Christ, you understand that God doesn't need anything that you have. You need what God has. And God promises that you will receive everything that he has to give. Our story for today, the story of this unjust steward, steward, is actually sandwiched between two other stories that Jesus tells about material wealth. Take some time this week and read through all three of them together. Our story for today comes after the story of the prodigal son who went out and wasted his father's wealth on sinful living. But then he repented of his sin. He returned to his father and was received with joy and celebration. The clear message is that the repentance of one individual Christian is worth much more than any amount of money. And our text for today also comes right before the story of the rich man and Lazarus. The rich man there in that story put his confidence in his wealth. He ate sumptuously and dined each day on fine food. Lazarus, on the other hand, sat outside the man's gates, begging, being filled with crumbs and scraps that were left for the dogs. The rich man died, Jesus says, and went to hell, and nothing could help him there. None of his savings, none of his possessions, none of the stuff of this life. Such it is for the sons of the world. But for the sons of light, for Lazarus, for he who has faith, Lazarus receives the blessed gift of everlasting life. Lazarus, who in his life, lifetime did not have any material wealth, was really the wealthy man. And the rich man was really the poor man. So be careful, would you, how you define wealth or even being poor. Jesus said, blessed are the poor spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Paul writes as well to young Pastor Timothy, now godliness with contentment is great gain, for we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain that we carry nothing out. And having food and clothing, with these we shall be content. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and harmful lusts. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil, for which some have strayed from the faith and their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. Yes, my dear brothers and sisters in Christ, let us repent that we have fallen victim, fallen to the same trap of sin as sons of this world, as the unjust steward has. Let us as sons of light work diligently with all that God has given us, with an eye not only to God's grace and mercy, but to our neighbor who needs the gifts that we have been given. Jesus thus tells us from John 6, do not work for the food that perishes but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man freely gives to you. For on him God the Father has set his seal. What is the world to you? In the name of Jesus.